Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Happy Monday, post-Thanksgiving Monday, November 27, 2023. This is another edition of, well, it's recruiting, so hashtag not committed. With me, Ben Garrett, at Spirit Ben on Twitter, and him, Zach Berry, at Zach underscore Berry, both right for the Ole Miss Spirit. OMSpirit.com, an affiliate of on three, and right now, if you sign up today, you can get a subscription to the Ole Miss Spirit, the best Ole Miss coverage anywhere on the internet. For the low, low price of $1. $1. Come on. Who wouldn't want to hang around at an Ole Miss bar all day at the cover charge for a dollar? That's effectively what this is. We're an online Ole Miss bar filled with fellow Ole Miss fans that you can argue with, that you can agree with, that you can conversate with. Just simply go to the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com and Fleet of On Three. And on this Monday, Ole Miss has concluded the regular season, obviously defeated Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl, and a lot has happened since. Jeff Levy has been hired as the new head coach of Mississippi State. And I'm going to get into that with Brian Haydad on another podcast on the flagship because it's just too perfect. It's the most Mississippi State hire that they could have possibly made in the year 2023. And God bless them, that's exactly what they did. They hired Jeff Levy, and now Ole Miss and Mississippi State. The rivalry adds another chapter. But that's not why can we're here today. Can I ask you something? Yes, please do, Zach. I'm sorry. Thank you for interrupting me because I want to be honest with you. I feel like I was going in a weird direction there. So, no, it's all good. Um, did you have a good Thanksgiving? First, I got to ask you was was it good? I did have a good Thanksgiving. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? My my Thanksgiving was filled with uh, my nephew getting upset because my oldest brother Daniel. We played. I, I had. I came up with a brilliant idea. We all showed up at my mom and dad's house. It was me, and my two brothers, and all of our family. And I came up with that. I was like, hey, let's all play football. That's what people do, what normal families do on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, me and my brothers versus all, you know, our kids, which is six of them. We're obviously you're like, going to. We're obviously. You're like, the, you're, you're like the Humphreys. Yeah. From Gossip Girl. Yeah. I've never seen Gossip Girl, but yes. Oh, come on. Yeah. Um, okay. And we Sorry. went out there and my brother, Daniel, former cornerback, could have played at the next level in JUCO. He wasn't a D1 guy, but he got JUCO offers. He stepped in front of his son's pass and took it back for six. And my brother, uh, my other brother and I, my twin brother and I, we celebrated accordingly because he had a pick six, even though it was on his seven-year-old son. But his seven-year-old son is a younger version of him and got really mad and wanted to basically throw the football at him and then at me. And so it descended into chaos and that was my Thanksgiving. Now it ended on a good note, two good notes. The Cowboys won, Ole Miss won. I love my family. My family, we had a great time anyway. I'm just playing, but it was a, it was a typical Thanksgiving, well-intentioned and a, just an absolute glorious you, mess. Well, that, that does sound fun. Yeah. 
when the kids get older, they they probably want to get out and play, and then you can kind of relive the glory days. I didn't want to re- – well, I will say this. I threw my back out playing. This is the funny part because I'm the one out there going, <laughs> all right, everybody, put your heels. We're guarding uh, the end zone because it's fourth down. Hills on the end line. Let's go. Here we go. We got to play zone. Too high cover shell. You, you know, I'm doing saying dumb shit. You should have. You should have been. You should have been telling uh, Auburn that on Saturday. Right. I mean, freeze. <laughs> Hugh is always going to Hugh. He's always going to Hugh. I mean, fourth and thirty. And I made the joke on Twitter, but fourth and twenty plus, twenty five plus, tw- fourth and thirty. That's just that's when you know you can get Hugh Freeze, and it's not, and it's a joke because it's happened twice, but also twice he's done a really stupid thing. He called timeout before the play just to see what they're lined up in, only to come out and rush two and drop eight and let Jalen Moreau just get a free throw into the end zone. I mean, Most I guess you, thing ever. I guess you use the timeout because how much time was left after the touchdown? 20 seconds maybe okay so you don't need it you're not no. gonna you, you don't need the timeouts for your last 20 second drive so yeah sure but also like what else do you think they're gonna line up in they're throwing it yeah. to the end zone yeah. Uh, yeah and then and then to come out and then do the Hugh freeze fourth and forever play defensive scheme which is essentially rush to and play prevent it's Ugh. insanity to me it's insanity to me you had the iron bowl one and in the course of 40 seconds or whatever it was it was the most Hugh Freeze game ever. And did you you mentioned the Cowboys? Did you see that stat that was going around on Twitter? No. Somebody had looked it up. I think it was like since 2012. Every year on Thanksgiving, the Cowboys won. The home team won. I think that's what it was. Okay. Um. So of course, after that, <laughs> there were. Ole Miss people on Twitter that were like, oh, no, because yeah. the, the Cowboys, uh, who did they play? They whipped them. The Commanders. Commanders, yeah. Yeah. I, I Don't like be confused Washington. by the Bears here. I just like the hat. I think it looks dope. I think Washington football I look like team an idiot, sounds but way I like better. Them. Huh? I always thought Washington football team was kind of cool. I did, too. I love that. It, it was a very European, you know, bent I don't hate. It. I don't hate the Commanders. Oh, I, I like the, Commanders. the I like the W logo. Yeah. But I, I thought Washington football team sounded cool. I'll never um, understand why big corporations just don't listen to their audiences sometimes and throw them a bone. I mean, the entire Washington fan base, it felt like there's this big online push to be the Washington Red Wolves, which is both unique and really cool. And they went with shout the out, most, shout out to Jones Boogie. They went to the friggin' most generic thing they could have come up with. Let's be the Washington commanders. What the Washington generals was taken. Oh, it was. Oh, I get it now. Yeah. You know, come on. Yeah. Let's just anyway, post Thanksgiving yeah. show. Here we are. And Ole Miss recruiting. Now this is the recruiting season. Ole Miss finished with a second ever 10 win regular season. If they win the bowl game, which is probably going to be the citrus there, they would secure. Yeah. Okay. Don't you? Well, I, that's what I thought, but our buddy Andy Staples at On3 put yeah. out some projections yesterday, and he had that the Rebels true. in the Cotton Bowl against Texas. Um, You know as well as I do, Andy's about as connected as, as anyone in college football. Um, So predicting that is certainly 
it, it caught some caught some eyes and ears. I, I thought that was because uh, I'm with you. I, I've been telling people since Thursday night that have asked. I think it's going to be basically a replay of that Egg Bowl, and Ole Miss is going to play Iowa, and it's going to be just the exact same game, but uh, uh, you know, a defensive battle with Ole Miss finding ways to to score and to you know <laughs> try to you know quote slow down the Iowa offense which they're already doing that themselves but um yeah I, I thought that it was oh yeah surefire gonna be the citrus bowl playing in Orlando you, you know if you're if you're a Disney fan go ahead and get your tickets now but um I don't know Andy Andy predicting that because I don't think Andy's doing it as like a, a fun thing like oh it's, you know, Arch Manning's over there. That would be fun if Ole Miss played them in a bowl game. Like, no, I think he actually probably talked to some folks. Um, well, it's something I'd heard. It's something I'd heard for um, a little bit was that the Cotton Bowl, if they can make it happen, would love the matchup of Texas versus Ole Miss. Having said that. Well, it, it makes a ton of sense. Obviously, in Dallas, a lot of UT alum, they would bring a big crowd and – Ole Miss, huge alumni base in the state of Texas, and Ole Miss fans are going to travel. That would be a really fun one because, I mean, hell, that might be a straight 50-50 split of crowds just yeah. because I think Ole Miss fans would show up and playing a name brand, a team that's coming to the SEC. I mean, that would be all the storylines, Sark versus Kiffin. It would be fun. Arch Manning which has nothing to do with anything as far as on the field. But fortunately, we're not here to talk about Arch Manning unless Arch gets in, like, the transfer portal because Quinn Ewers is returning to Texas. It's too early for that. He's going to go to Mississippi State because Levy's there now. I love that. That's um, <laughs> – and Cooper Manning's going to get an off-the-field role on his staff. I am curious to see which all coaches, if any, follow Jeff Levy to Mississippi State. I think one I'm keeping an eye on is John David Baker getting a promotion he's gonna to, like, get the AC. He's going to get the band back together, Ben. Randy Clements is going to be his offensive line coach. I We're going to get confident. Randy Clements. Probably going to get Joe John Finley. Yeah. Which is not as surefire because he is a an Oklahoma guy. So it'd be a lateral move, but maybe he gives him a little bit more autonomy as a one of the Bryles. At least one is going to be there. Yeah. Kendall's going to be the um, OC. Uh, DJ Durkin, will he be the defensive coordinator? Mike Elko is now at Texas A&M here. After, uh, what an eventful yeah. weekend. What a ridiculous weekend. What better encapsulates? Durkin, Durkin was in Oxford over the weekend. Ooh. There's I don't know there. in what capacity or what he was doing, but he was there. Hmm. Tom maybe, Allen was, maybe he was Maybe he was stopping by to say hey to folks before he went to Starville. I don't know. Adding some intrigue here to the Jeff yeah, Levy hard Mississippi State. It was pretty insane. I mean, Ross Bjork and AM basically just get bullied out of hiring Mike Stoops. Um, and then, hey, at least they let Ross on the private plane to bring Mike Elko back. You know, the people who actually made the decision, the boosters, let him on the plane. But also, it's yeah. the most Ross thing ever. I mean, at some point, it's you, man. Did you, know? you see the Did you see the meme that was going around of like the Texas A&M search? No. I'm going to describe it for the listeners, but I'm going to send it to you as well. It's the meme of like the old like grandpa at Christmas holding up the shirt that he got, and he's it's the exact same shirt he's wearing. It's the exact same thing. It's the exact same, <laughs> thing. It's the exact same yeah. thing. 
Also, like at some point it's you is all I'm saying. It's like back when Ole Miss hired Matt Luke, he was gonna hire Dave Dorn. It was done. And not to say and Dave at, Dorn would have been any good. Look at Dave Dorn though, baby. Look at Dave. Look at Dave. He's doing a great job. Um, Dude, him calling out Steve Smith a couple weeks ago. They got me he, fired he up. Go into your post game press conference. What are we doing here? Goes into his post game press conference after the uh, regular season finale on Saturday and says essentially, "Hey fans, I needed you to give a hundred dollars out of each one of your paychecks or blah blah blah." Bro, you're making five million dollars. <laughs> five million dollars. Tom Allen's getting paid twenty million not to coach yeah, Indiana. Twenty million dollar buyout. Jimbo's saying, "Yeah, Jimbo's getting paid twenty six thousand dollars a day." I, I'm sure that Jimbo still got an uh, a lot allegiance somewhere, right? Whoever his team was growing up. Dude, take one day's salary and go buy a wide receiver. You know what I mean? Like one day. But you're asking Man. people who make between 50 to 150 a year to give out of their pocket. I mean, they are giving, first of all, but you're asking for more. Bro, you're making $5 million. $5 million. It's your program. And wait a second. I thought this had nothing to do with recruiting. You know, that's what the NCAA said. And yet every single time a coach speaks, they say what? Yeah, why can't? We need more money for NIL. I don't know. Yeah, what's going to stop coaches from just putting a a game check or something into the collective? Just do that. That, I agree. You know, every single time the Atlanta Braves sign a new player, (laughs) 1% goes to the Braves Foundation. They're getting no Tani, Ben. They're getting no Tani. Why why not when you sign Spencer Sanders, 1% goes to the Grove Collective? I don't know. (laughs) Right? Because at this point – it's just silly. You're asking normal folks to help buy the players that, quite frankly, if you weren't already in the business of it beforehand, well, you're kind of shit. SOL. I'm trying not to say bad words as much anymore, but shit out of luck. <laughs> like just, yeah, there it is. Yeah. We got, I mean, we got the E. All we right. got it. We got it in there. Um, so, Dave Doran was going to be the head coach of Ole Miss football, and then Ross, because of response or whatever it might be, pivots and hires Matt Luke. Same thing happens at Texas A&M on a much bigger scale, and people are going, what is Ross Bjork doing? Being Ross Bjork. Hey, I will say. He's a survivor. Since since the almost Dave Doran hire, which would have been 2020. Yes. He has gone 8-4, and 9-3, and 8-5, and five, and he's 9-3 and three this year in NC State. He's a good coach. He's a good coach. Yeah. He's an objectively he's good. good coach. Would he have been the, the right coach at the right time? No. I don't know. He would have been better than Matt Luke. But Matt's a it good wouldn't dude. Have, yeah, would have been better than Matt Luke. Wouldn't have been as exciting. No. But good coach. This is what Ross Bjork does is what I'm saying. Ross Bjork somehow finds a way. He's a good dude. I had a good relationship with still do. I mean, if he called me, he'd be very cordial. Having said yeah. that, Ross is the best, one of the best in this profession at absolving himself of all. Any and all blame, possible blame. Now, Texas A&M, he's gotten right up to the edge of, wait a second, maybe it's the AD. But the fact that all that stuff went down with Ole Miss, and yet everyone continued to say essentially the same thing, yeah, but it's not Ross's fault. That's the, that's the mark of a true survivor, man. Now people are going, wait a second, there's a pattern developing here, but that's none of our business. Our business is Ole Miss recruiting. And today on hashtag not committed, I'm ready to fire it up. I'm ready to get portal season kicked off because there's some names. There's some names that are hitting the portal already. This is about to be the surge. 
Before we jump into individual names and really break down what we know right now, set the stage for the portal opening for Ole Miss football specifically. Some names have already gotten in there, some interesting names, intriguing names. But for you, when you look at Ole Miss from who you're talking to, um, everything you've gathered, where kind of is Ole Miss? What is the first directive as they dip into the portal now? I'd imagine it's going to be heavy in the trenches. I would imagine this staff is going to go after at least one or two offensive linemen, experienced guys that have played a lot somewhere, um, either grad transfers or first-time transfers that can be eligible immediately that have played a lot of football. I, I'd i venture to guess, and this is my opinion, this is not sourced or you know, nobody's told me this, I would think they would go after – you know, a three, four-year starter or grad transfer that is older and experienced to come in alongside the young talent that they believe in. Um, but I don't know that for sure. You, I feel like offensive linemen, sure, it's great to sign a four or five-star, develop them inside your program. But four and five-star offensive linemen are A, hard to get, and B, if they are in the portal, everybody's going to want them. So I think you're going to have to get a little savvy with who you go after. Uh, there are some names that are popping up out there, some big-time offensive linemen. There's some Ivy League guys that are graduated looking to go play at a Power 5 level. There's some Patriot League guys out there that are graduating, getting um, their name out there to get on the market and try to go play You know, a one-year stopgap before the NFL. Um, and then I think they're probably going to look for an edge uh, or an interior guy. I think that Joshua Harris is probably moving on. Steven Wynn's moving on. Several of the transfer guys that were older went through senior day activities, and I'd imagine they are going to look for some big-time uh, targets up front. They've got a ridiculously loaded 2024 defensive line class, but as we all know, it's really hard to count on those true freshmen to play right away. Uh, in the SEC, it's not a knock on anybody. I mean, it's just hard. It's a difficult league. And as an 18-year-old to come in and be asked to get a push and make some plays behind the line of scrimmage in the SEC, it's tough. So I think they're going to go heavy up front in the trenches and then I would imagine at least a corner or two and probably a big-time receiver. I think Trey Harris is probably gone. Um I think he did enough on – he put enough on film and did enough on the field, even though he had the slow start because of the injury, um, whereas the opposite end of the spectrum, I think Caden Priestcorn probably comes back. Didn't get a lot on film. He was banged up all year. I mean, you could see it. He was – I mean, credit to the guy because of everything he went through off the field, and then he still pushed through it. And, and notably, too, uh, I, something needs to be mentioned here. In previous years before the advent of NIL, a player like Caden Priestcorn, who transferred in and played and was productive enough, he was productive enough if he wanted to go. But the only question about him, in other years he would be a no-doubt slam dunk. He would be leaving. You can't improve your draft stock anymore. But now that kids can make real money through collectives to stay at schools – there is a real incentive to stay if you're not going to improve your stock at all, if you are what you are. 
yeah. stay and make a guaranteed amount of money rather than go be a late to uh, undrafted pick mm-hmm. and then run the risk of your career being over by the spring. Now, to say that would happen with Caden Prescorn because he's a great inline blocker. Uh, that's going to be his greatest strength for NFL draft evaluators and scouts. They they love his blocking ability out of the tight end spot, <clears> and <throat> he's going to make a roster somewhere. Having said that, you kind of free yourself if that's the way, the best way to put it, free yourself of the risk of it being over and making guaranteed money, a little bit more guaranteed money. He's a mature guy. He's married. He's got a kid. He's settled in Oxford. This is his job. Yeah. You know, that that's, that's the a, thing. This is his job. Yeah. This is his yeah, he's job. Got a, he's got a family. It's not just him. Yeah. So the guaranteed money matters to him. I think that could be a real consideration. And I agree. I would, I would tend to, predict that Caden Priest corn returns. I think Trey's gone. And one thing you need to understand, just because guys are gone that had big NIL money, well, let's allocate that money for Trey Harris for whoever. Pick a wide receiver in the portal that they might like. Barry Brown isn't in the portal, but if he got into the portal, Ole Miss would be clearly, clearly the favorite for the former five-star prospect who took a step back, weirdly, at Kentucky this year and probably had to do with quarterback play, maybe offensive scheme. I don't know. Barry and Brown is a player that Ole Miss absolutely adores. And if he got into the portal, that'd be one you'd absolutely need to keep an eye on. Speaking of offensive linemen, since we're on that Holy Cross offensive tackle, Luke Newman got into the portal today. He was an FCS preseason All-American, the three-time All-Patriot League selection. That's the kind of player we're talking about as far as how Ole Miss could fill out its offensive line. But if a tray leaves, Spencer Sanders is off the books, $200,000 or whatever it was. He's off the books. It's not like all of a sudden, okay, we'll take that $200,000 and go buy two linemen and a, and a wide receiver. That's just not how it's going to work because you got to remember, too, baked into this now is the is the renegotiation with current players. Jackson mm-hmm. Dart's going to expect a pay bump. Quinshawn, your million-dollar man, is going to expect a pay bump. Jordan Watkins, if he stays, which we expect, is going to expect a pay bump on and on and on. I think Trey Harris for the right amount might really be tempted to stay. But having said that, that's where the allocation and, and the manipulation of the numbers or making the numbers work. That's where it comes into play. You have to do the calculus that way, if that makes sense. Yeah. And there's going to be some attrition. It's going to be like this every year with the one time free transfer rule, helping student athletes where they can, go reset somewhere, move back closer to home, go to a, a better opportunity, all of that. It, it's going to happen. Um, so, yeah, there, there, there are a lot of factors going into this decision-making process. But, yeah, I would imagine um, offensive line, wide receiver, and defensive back. Um, linebacker is one where I think if there is a experienced guy that could come in, kind of a la Chance Campbell a couple years ago, someone yes. that could come in and, and be a cerebral leader in the middle. I do think they've got some really talented pieces at linebacker on the outside. Suntarian Perkins, you've got um, TJ Dudley. Uh, I do think they have... Um, Suntarian, by the way. <laughs> I do think there is potential for a budding star in Tyler Banks. I think... Pete Golding likes him a lot. He played a ton of special teams, big physical guy. He could play in the middle, but if you can go out and get someone, maybe like an Ethan Barr from Vanderbilt, Texas guy, has ties to the staff, was recruited before, um, made a lot of tackles at Vanderbilt, 
could potentially maybe call him up, see if he wants to come play in another SEC school and, and be the guy in the middle. So right um, now we should note that Ole Miss, we've, we've been told, doesn't have a ton of early interest, at least in, in bar from Bandy. But yeah, I mean, he fits kind of what they would be looking for. I mean, you're looking for production right. in the middle. And you look at the roster overall, and you mentioned Tyler Banks. That's a great one to bring up. Not only do you have to consider the calculus for pay raises with, with your current roster, but also guys who still have their one-year penalty free transfer, you're going to have to recruit to keep them. Because there are schools that are probably, not necessarily with Tyler Banks, but we're using, using him as an example. There are teams already like, hey, Tyler, you've only done this through two years. You come here, blah, 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 blah. So that's another part of it as well. And it's easy to just go, well, Spencer Sanders is falling off the ledger and Trey Harris is probably going to fall off the ledger and Jeremiah Jean Baptiste and Monty Montgomery, guys like that that you paid real money to go get out of the portal. But before you go moving on to needs, the very next thing you have to consider is first, who's going to be needing pay bumps to stay? And then you can start to make real valuations as far as is it worth it for Ole Miss to be paying whoever this amount of money because of the position they play or whatever it might be. I mean, these are all considerations now in recruiting, which is crazy to think because it's essentially free agency. I mean, it's free agency mm -hmm. without the title. Um, it's the allocation of dollars. And it doesn't make sense as far as dollars and cents for Ole Miss to do things rather than, Oh yeah, th that's the hard thing for me is that I'm watching the egg bowl and I'm like, who are all of these players are almost down the line going to really remember, really remember. Is Zach Evans going to be a great rebel to you? You know, he's gone. But, like, Dean Leonard comes on Sunday Night Football and says, Dean Leonard, Ole Miss. And I went, oh, yeah, Dean, for two years. I mean, he was the first real success story of an underappreciated transfer mm -hmm. ad that came in and started games. And now he's an NFL player. But if A.J. Brown had gone on, on which he does, had gone on national television and said, A.J. Brown, Ole Miss, the response is different. Not to say that Dean isn't beloved or that he's that Ole Miss fans aren't appreciative of him, but it's just the attachment that you used to have to players. It's not the same anymore. It's not. Yeah. So we can talk about this in a very matter-of-fact way. And in that way, pick your guy. You know, like Ole Miss, if they can improve anywhere, they're going to try to because 10-2 and two means they're right on the precipice with an expanded playoff coming next year and no Alabama game. Ole Miss is on the precipice of – being an every year contender for the playoff, regardless of yeah. what little brother is doing with Lane Kiffin light and start. Well, yeah, it's a different type of college football now. And I understand there are people out there that say, well, there's no, there's no use in keeping up with recruiting now because you sign somebody and then a year or two later, they just leave. Well, okay, sure. But old fashioned traditional recruiting is still in effect. It still happens on a daily basis it's high school recruiting is still going to be the backbone of your program. You still need to recruit. Even if you're really buying first rights to a player, sure. that's all it is. You know, maybe Aiden Williams, like he did this year, comes in a highly ranked guy, gets all this pub and doesn't really do anything. Like we all feared he might. And then the first question is, well, is almost going to be able to keep him. Well, that's part of the calculus as well. It has to be. Uh, but also, you that's that's a negotiating that's a better negotiating place to start than these other because you have his rights you know what i mean like you can say yeah th this yeah. is what the role will be it's, for you it's, yeah it's kind of like the basement 
Yeah, yeah. It's like the baseball recruiting thing with, you know, somebody like, uh, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Just any, you know, draft risk baseball prospect. Um, Cooper Pratt. Cooper Pratt. God. Um, yeah. You take his commitment and you sign him because you never know. I mean, it's a little different with baseball because the risk is they just don't show up at all. But no, in football, you you sign them. And, you know, hey, maybe they're a surefire starter as a true freshman. Maybe they're not. But you still get them on campus and you figure it out. I, I was wrong on Aiden Williams, and I wasn't the only one. I mean, Charles Power, Cody Belair, everybody on three raved about him as a high school senior and in the all-star setting. Talk of Champions Podcast Network is brought to you in part by the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation. It's getting close to the end of 2023. If you need to make year-end donations for tax purposes, call the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation and they'll walk you through their philanthropic giving initiatives. Whether it's the Vault Society or Empower, both initiatives give you a tax-deductible way to support the Champions Now campaign for Ole Miss Athletics. Or if you're working on estate planning, call the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation to discuss Forever Ole Miss. For further information, call 662-915-7159. That's 662-915-7159. Or visit GiveToAthletics.com. That's GiveToAthletics.com. It's the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. Are you looking at cutting your health insurance premiums by as much as 20 to 30%? Are you aging into Medicare and need help finding a Medicare supplement plan? Call Drew Moak of USA Benefits Group at 601-953-8449. Drew is an Ole Miss grad located in Mississippi and licensed in seven states. He works with the nation's second largest health insurance brokerage with access to 35 different carriers, and he can help you with any of your health insurance needs. From regular health plans to life insurance to dental and vision and even Medicare, he has it all covered. Now more than ever, it is critical to have a health insurance agent who is local and accessible. So call Drew Moak at 601 953-8449 and get your free quote today. The College Corner is headed to Oxford. Stop by their new location in the Oxford Commons off Sisk Avenue. They'll have 4,000 square feet of Rebel gear ready for your trip to the Grove. On your next trip to Oxford, stop by the College Corner or our other great locations in Ridgeland and Flowood. Hats, shirts, polos, pullovers, sweats, t-shirts. College Corner has it all. And as always, you can visit us online at collegecornerstore.com. That's collegecornerstore.com. The College Corner, where your game day apparel meets. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head, and PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC. Code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. 
BXG, a proud sponsor of the Talking Champions Podcast Network. It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tacova store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The sun's a shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove, beer showers. It's just the very best time for an Ole Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Ufi Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Ufi Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver. So ditch those house keys forever and give Ufi Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Ufi Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Ufi Video Lock. Ufi Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Ufi Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Ufi Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. See, my thing with Aiden Williams is it's not as if Cody Belair or you or me or even Lane Kiffin pubbing him up in the uh, preseason missed on predicting a, a breakout true freshman year for him so much as it speaks to a bigger issue with Lane Kiffin. It's specifically in regards to highly ranked wide receivers, J.J. Henry, uh, Barry and Brown, Aiden Williams, pick your guy, developing wide receivers or getting them on the field immediately. And maybe it's across the board too. I think it's less about the talent and what they could be, then Lane Kiffin has very little patience or tolerance for mistakes. And you have to live with mistakes with true freshmen. And in this culture, when you can just go buy veterans who've been through it, uh, I'll rather take the surefire, maybe lesser at certain spots than having to rely on, I don't know, what is already inherently unreliable, if that makes sense, right? Like I don't, he doesn't trust them, it feels like, more than anything else. And you spoke earlier about developing offensive linemen, signing the four and five stars. That's, I think, one issue moving forward that Lane Kiffin could address and will need to address. It's when you bring these guys in, these highly ranked players out of high school, you need an interior Uh defensive tackle. Well, where's the defensive tackle you signed in state last year who's a four-star? I think that is where he can really show the most improvement. And maybe it's philosophically allowing himself to trust these kids more. I don't know. Maybe there is just something weird development. I, I don't know. But there are it's, real yeah. candidates on the roster, like an Aiden Williams, 
that should be making an impact and we should be talking about as far as year two that that's not what we're talking about. I mean, the fact that Aiden Williams just never really played, even against ULM. I mean, I'm in the stands for ULM. I had a big New Albany section, and Aiden Williams got in a couple of times. But it was Jordan Watkins, Dayton Wade, and Trey Harris. He trusts veterans. Uh, that's my – people have asked me about Aiden Williams specifically the last couple of days. I if you, if, you, if you pin me down and ask me for an answer right now, I don't think he's getting in the portal. I don't think the staff has given up on him or doesn't believe in him. It's it's hard. Being a true freshman and playing a lot is hard. And this offense that Lane Kiffin runs is a very convoluted, difficult offense to learn quickly as a wide receiver. You're asked to do a lot. This isn't just Phil Longo get open offense where it's like, hey, just do what you did in high school, but now you're doing it against really good power five players. No, it's different. It's 24 actual... plays, 24 to 27 <laughs> plays, go chase grass. It's an actual offense. You have to run routes. You have to know. There is a route. Audibles. <laughs> There's calls that you have to adjust to. A Kiffin's yes. doing. Uh, it's real. Um, but and, for yeah. every freshman to go through the same developmental track, especially at wide receiver, is concerning. Because you can point to Quinshawn and say, well, look at Quinshawn. He was a true freshman, set a single season. But that's a, p- a position where Lane Kiffin has no problem just trusting talent over competency, over every down competency. Because if you watch just the raw traits, um, Sonny P, as far as raw traits, it's not close with him and Jeremiah Jean Baptiste and Monty Montgomery and yet Ashanti Sistrunk. But yet – playing the vast majority of snaps are those veterans because they're where they're supposed to be. And I I think living without bus or alleviating that risk is kind of what Lane Kiffin is most concerned about, or maybe what keeps him from really trusting freshmen or if they make a mistake that really costing them their significant playing time. He just, it's hard for him to live. Now that's completely conjectural on my part, completely conjecture. But you have to consider that as well when you're looking at Ole Miss's portal pursuits. What are they going to have to pay or what are they going to have to tell Aiden Williams? What are they going to have to tell um, Centurion, Perkins? I already butchered his name again. Sonny P. It does, I mean, whatever. Pick your guy. Tyler Banks. Uh, DeMarco Williams, who had a good year in, in reserve for Ole Miss in the defensive backfield, could really have an expanded role next year. Well, they expect more money. They expect a pay bump, Right. Or they, or you're going to have to do some persuading. So it's a hard job at the start here, which is really the end of November, early December. But we have an idea, I think, as far as what they're going to be pursuing. And fortunately for Ole Miss, they're not really forced, if they don't want to be, to go big game hunting at the biggest positions outside of edge. They need edge rushers, but everybody needs edge rushers. Everybody wants edge rushers. But they're not going yeah. and buying a quarterback. They're not going and – I mean, they they would love to keep Trey Harris or find someone the equivalent. Barry and Brown gets in somebody an impact, but we we both think that Deion Smith. That's just a matter of when, not if. It's been a matter of when, not if, since last October, since we started talking to people about him. So, yeah. you know, you bring him in and he replaces Trey Harris, and that's essentially the player that Lane was just obsessed with coming out of high school. And maybe that's the answer there, and then you can go and spend that money after the allocation of money towards retention. You could then go address needs, which to me 
feels like offensive line, defensive line, linebacker, certainly in the secondary, especially if you lose some numbers. That's where they really did well in the portal, I think, last offseason. And you look at names, we've obviously already mentioned mentioned a few of them. Barry Brown, if he gets in, would be an obvious name. Uh, Luke Newman from Holy Cross, the offensive lineman who got in today. Michigan State linebacker Darius Snow has entered the NCAA transfer portal. There are a number of guys that make sense, but what do we know right this minute? Yeah, it's also not only who makes sense, but who fits the scheme, the plan. I mean, that's big on – we were just talking about Aiden Williams. That, sure, he could be a special guy next year. He could be a huge part of the offense next year. It just hasn't clicked for him yet. But there is a reason that he was recruited. There is a reason the staff believed in him because they think he's a good fit for the offense. So it isn't just, okay, go look at the portal list and see who the highest-ranked guy is and then go get him. They, they got to make sure that he fits. Like Isaac Ukwu was prioritized in the portal because they thought his skill set fit what they needed opposite Cedric Johnson, opposite Jared Ivey. They, he, there was a reason. Yeah, he was a really highly coveted guy out of the portal. Lots of people wanted him, but it's got to be a fit too. So um, it's not just a very simple plug and play thing here. It's it's Kiffin has a very specific way he goes about looking at players. You mentioned he trusts his guys that know what they're doing and they're experienced. I mean, I think Ole Miss doesn't really rotate, Zach. I mean, they don't. They play their I'm, guys, like 30 guys. That's I think that's the biggest thing with Aiden Williams is – he just wasn't out there a lot because I, that maybe they just didn't trust him. I don't think Kiffin trusted him to be able to do what they needed in the offense. Dayton Wade, Jordan Watkins, Trey Harris, those were the three main guys all year. They were able, they, they were old. I mean, Jordan Watkins, you know, obviously another year in the system, he knew the offense like the back of his hand. Dayton Wade worked his tail off, earned a scholarship. He knew the offense. Trey Harris, obviously, the onboarding process with him was ramped up because they needed a guy like him to be the number one dude, and he was able to grasp it. It's not a knock on Aiden Williams. He's just not there yet. So, sure, it's possible he could get in the portal. I don't think he will. I think this staff truly believes in him being a difference maker in 2024 and beyond. But, yeah, that's part of this portal process that, you know, you and I talked about it yesterday. This is kind of fun for us where it's like a scavenger hunt to go through and try to piece together who fits – who we think that the staff is going to be interested in are their connections. That's part of, you know, the quote, silly season. Yeah. And reaching that, uh, out, reaching out to all your sources and be like, all right, what about this guy and getting back? Well, yeah, but maybe, and then it turns out, well, he's coming in for a visit in two days. I mean, this is, there's a lot of intentional misinformation out there, but also uh, we, we have a hold on where they're going and what they want to do. Um, but identification of early candidates. I think we've pretty much hit it on the head as far as what we know right now, but there are so many more that we're not even talking about yet. You know, so many yeah. guys that, and this is also the pre portal season too, even though it's about to really kick into high gear. And what I mean by that is there's already been overtures to Ole Miss players and Ole Miss to other players on other rosters. It's just what happens now. And there, the Ole Miss might be down the line, down the road with a number of guys, just like some Ole Miss players we're talking about right now, not Aiden, Aiden Williams, but maybe a player that is already down the line with another school. That's another part of the broken system here. 
However, as far as what we do and talking about it and covering it, it's really fun. It's really fun because you can't address needs immediately. So if it's Darius Snow from Michigan State, a linebacker that was a four-star, three, four-star coming out of high school, if it's Luke Newman, you know, Victor Kern, for example, doesn't get enough credit. He was probably the most, one of the top five most impactful transfers without question Ole Miss had in last portal cycle. Imagine this offensive line without Victor Kern. So who is the next Victor Kern? Can you get three Victor Kearns? <laughs> three Victor Kearns would go a long way in helping this offense take the next step. But also Jackson Dart's expecting to pay bump. And I've actually seen the numbers for a couple of these kids. And it ain't cheap. You know, it ain't cheap. So yeah. that's all part of the calculus now and what we're going to be paying attention to. Who do you know for sure right now? Deion Smith doesn't really count, I guess, because he's Juco. But Deion Smith, we believe, is going to happen sooner rather than later. Who do we know they've been talking to, visits and stuff like that? I'd imagine there's been some form of communication with McKeelan Pounders at Memphis. Um, I've talked to a couple people around the Memphis program. They think that uh, he's thinking of seeing what his opportunities would be if he entered the portal. Played a lot for Memphis this year. A good Memphis team. Nine and three. Um, I mean, they were damn close to going 10 and two. Blew a game against Tulane. It's another very good team. Ole Miss beat. Um, Ole Miss flipped him from Mississippi State. Things happened before signing day, did not sign him, and uh, he landed at Memphis. I could see that being someone that Ole Miss reaches out to. Um, another Memphis lineman from Pearl, Mississippi, Davian Carter is another name that I've heard from a couple people, potentially a guy that could get in the portal, see uh, who he might hear from, another guy that played a lot of football at Memphis on a really good offense. Um there's been some defensive backs, some names that I've heard. Um, Michigan State going through a, a change there. Um, Mel Tucker's gone. I know a lot of the players that were on that roster were big fans of Mel Tucker, signed to play for Mel Tucker. They're looking around, trying to see where they could land. Um, Chance Tucker's a cornerback from Michigan State. Could be a, a name to know. I've posted a couple um, – updates and recruiting threads over the weekend last week um we'll try to piece together i updated the hot list for the 24 class ben and i will probably put our heads together this week and put together some kind of hot list for portal names to know um the portal officially opens december 4th right now when you see these names pop up on twitter on instagram whatever it's guys that are planning to enter the portal so they're not obviously officially in it yet Paperwork and all that has to be processed, and that will officially be in effect December 4th um, once they are in the portal. Um, but right now, it's mostly guys that are letting their staffs know, letting their position coaches, their head coaches know, hey, I'm planning on leaving. Um, so we'll probably have a much better idea of some names here in the next week um, as you know, most regular seasons are done. Uh, we've got championship week this week, um, but right now it's mostly guys that are – their regular season is done. They they might have a bowl game coming up, but it, it, 2023 college football, guys aren't going to play in a bowl game. They're probably going to get in the portal and try to get somewhere else. 
get enrolled, start trying to learn a playbook and try to earn a spot. So um, that's kind of it right now uh, as far as some names to know um, for some players out there. Uh, I, I mentioned Pounders. I, the, the one big one, talking about a big-time receiver, uh, the one that I've heard from multiple people, I think you've heard the same, Moose Muhammad from Texas A&M. As an offensive guy, I don't, I don't think Mike Elko tickles the fancy as much as, uh, you know, another offensive head coach would have. Um, so I think that that's a, uh, a player that has certainly had communication with not only Ole Miss, but several SEC staffs. Um, there's another name out there that, that I mean, I'll, I'll put it out there because, hell, he's already addressed it <laughs> with uh, – with folks in the media the last couple weeks. Um, but uh, wide receiver out of Houston, Matthew Golden, wide receiver from Houston, uh, put up some really big numbers this year. Uh, obviously, Dana Holgerson was relieved of his duties um, over the weekend. He's no longer the head coach in Houston. But, uh, yeah, Matthew Golden was a, a big part of the Cougs, 38 receptions, over 400 yards, six touchdowns. Six foot one ninety guy to Houston. Uh, Ole Miss recruits the state of Texas heavy. They've got uh, some Texas guys on the staff. He has already talked to people in the media saying that SEC schools are offering six figures. Um, didn't mention specific schools, but one could imagine that Lane Kiffin could be one of those schools reaching out to him. He's a good, he's a good receiver. Probably looking to replace Trey Harris, maybe Watkins. So. They're going to need to get guys like that that are, you know, older, played a lot of football, can come in and get up to speed quickly. So, um, yeah, right now it's it's hard to nail down exactly who. It's and so I, I early. Think the, it's so the early. The Ole Miss staff is getting into that this week for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're in meetings. They're talking about who they need to prioritize, what position, you know, specific names, all of that. Those those conversations are happening as we speak this week. Ole Miss is going to be in, you know, an access New Year's Six Bowl. They're not playing Maybe. for Maybe. Don't they're not count playing, your chickens, buddy. They're not playing this week. They're not playing next week. So yeah, they're going to be practicing. Because I still think they're probably most position, best position for the Citrus Bowl, even despite results this weekend. I wouldn't I wouldn't count my chickens, man. Wouldn't count yeah. my chickens, even though Citrus, Ole Miss, Texas in the Cotton Citrus Bowl, is an access bowl, is it not? Is it considered no. an access bowl? No, no, I didn't think it was. Maybe uh, I don't think so. I mean, it's a it's January, right? It's a January, it's January so it's an access. Okay, see, I don't ever understand that. It's the New Year's New Year Six, and there's is it also access? I don't, whatever the Citrus Bowl would be an accomplishment. Bottom line, just don't let it be Iowa, please, God, please, not Iowa. I think that'd be kind of fun. <laughs> Just what would be fun would is Texas in the Cotton yeah, Bowl. Yeah, yeah. And I cannot wait to watch the first really true red and blue Ole Miss person. It would not be me. Find Arch and go, Arch, what the hell happened? What did what went wrong? Are you transferring to Ole Miss? No. Maybe we can maybe we can talk to our 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 friends at Inside Texas to get the scoop. Arch maybe ain't going anywhere. Whatever. Jackson Darts, your quarterback. Oh no, I just meant I just meant to ask him what you know why. Yeah. Hey, he he's not gonna say. Um, two questions, Arch. Number one, how dare you? 
And number two, who do you think you are? <laughs> there you go. So technically the New Year's six, Orange Bowl, Sugar, yeah. Fiesta, Peach, Cotton, Rose. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's the okay. So that's the six. Yeah. So is that access or is access include the other big the other big January games? I don't know. Just put Ole Miss in the Cotton Bowl, man, against Texas and watch the money pour in. This has been another I was say, of, yeah. easy moneymaker. Hashtag not committed. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Zach Barry at Zach underscore Barry. Lane Kiffin, before we get out of here, was uh, into Carrollton, Georgia, right after the Egg Bowl to see Caleb Odom. That still looks like, you know, Ole Miss is trending to, to fight for him as well. I, I wouldn't say that Ole Miss is going to secure the bag with him or secure him, but There's I think Ole Miss cautious. Yes. Cautious optimism. Cautious optimism. That's a good way to put it. Uh, Kiwan Lacey, man, Ole Miss, the vibes were strong for almost for about two weeks, but I'm not feeling the same kind of strong vibes anymore. Looks like Alabama he's, with them. He's got to show up for a visit. If he doesn't, he it's up. over. Yeah. And uh, other high school players we'll be talking about as well. We'll be doing these regularly now. It's the off season. It's the silly season. So Zach and I will be coming together to do recruiting shows and rumor mill shows. It'll all be here on the Talk of Champions podcast network. Simply search Talk of Champions in iTunes, and that's where you'll find this hashtag not committed or my show, The Flagship, or his mini shows, Red and Blue Smoke, Hit That Line, uh, Daytime Fireworks. Zach's all over the place as well. That's Talk of Champions. Just simply search it wherever you get your podcast. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. And if you sign up for our website, the Old Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and Food of On 3 today, you can get a sub for the low price of a dollar. And if you could go hang out in the library after a big Ole Miss win for a cover charge of a dollar, would you not do that? Then why would you not do that every day while you're sitting in a cubicle? Come hang out with us and talk about Ole Miss sports at the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and Philadelphia on three. Before we get out of here, you put your finger up. What's up? What do you want to get out? You want to go? If, if you got nothing to do next weekend, mm-hmm. Donka Burnside will be playing football at Von Hemingway Stadium. Mm. In the 7A state championship against Oak Grove, which I how think does, will be a good game. And you get to see him. How does Jeff Levy's hire at Mississippi State impact Stonka Burnside, the four-star wide receiver out of Starkville High School, who decommitted from Mississippi State? Uh, no free ads, but um, I know that uh, some folks at Mississippi State, I can't remember who it was. It, it's, an, it's a reporter, someone that covers Mississippi State. Uh, they asked him what he thought of the hire, and I think the – the quote from the reporter was he was not moved at all. So, so you're sticking by your guns. You think it's Ole Miss or Alabama right now? I think he's moved on from Mississippi state. Okay. And for those that want to play the, uh, the fashion game, Stonka was wearing Ole Miss gloves in the semifinal win. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing (laughs) that. I saw Willie Gay do that. I saw Nicobe Dean do that. I'm not doing it. Nicobe Dean threw up a fin. That's just, that's right. Malpractice. Yeah. Mike Juarez threw up a fin. Remember him? Yeah, yeah I do because yeah. it was it was because of Mike Juarez and Hugh Freeze's sole obsession with landing him in stars that led to them having to pivot after he inevitably stayed out west to a two star who had an offer from like Pittsburgh and didn't even visit. They like walked him around on with their phone on a FaceTime call and showed him around and he's like, Oh yeah, I'll commit. I think it was Sean Curtis. Last a year and a half. But Hugh Freeze, when it comes to fourth and 20-plus, pisses down his leg. What's Bernard well, Avery doing right now? That's the one. That's the one that when, when He's Hugh still Freeze in the league, looks, isn't he? Yeah. 
I don't know, but he he stuck for a while. And God, if you had had him right there in the middle for Ole Miss and those teams, oh yeah, he plays for the Colts. Of course he does. <laughs> of course he does. Would have crawled to Ole Miss. Yeah. It's 2023. State didn't make the most 2023 hire that State could have made with hiring Jeff Levy, but that's for another podcast. Maybe one with me and Brian Haydad, who I'm about to talk to here in a minute. Because hey, I just, it, I the Egg Bowl is just going to be even more fun now. Oh, God. That, that's what I'm saying. Like they, they have a sign at the airport that says, Go to hell, Ole Miss. It's like, find something else. It's, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. He's Zach Berry. I'm Ben Garrett. Thank you, buddy. See you, man. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.